Today's episode of Daily DVR is brought to you by our presenting sponsor, CuffLinks.com. Head over to CuffLinks.com right now. Use code DVR20 and save 20% off your order. Now listen, the Delta's out there. COVID's still around. We know that. But people are going outside. You can be safe. And if you're going to be outside and you're going to be safe, you know what you're going to be doing? Looking good because you went to CuffLinks.com. Whether you're getting married, going to a wedding, you want some nice fall accessories, okay? And when I say accessories, I don't just mean, oh, that's a nice little thing there. How about some Star Wars? How about some Marvel, some DC, some Game of Thrones? Cufflink has all the greatest high-end accessories that you could want if you want to look good. And they have the fun stuff, too. All the stuff that I mentioned, all the geeky stuff that we love. So head over to cufflinks.com, use code DVR20, save 20% off today. Thank you, Cufflinks. Cufflinks.com. Welcome back to Daily DVR Does the Mayor of Kingstown. Today we're going to be talking about episode two of season one, The End Begins, directed by Ben Richardson. Written by Taylor Sheridan, one of our co-creators. Little side note, Ben Richardson was actually um, a cinematographer who became a director, and he has done a ton of television, but he started uh, doing Beasts of the Southern Wild. If you remember, remember that movie? That dude won Best Director for that. Um, and it's like a people don't even remember the film, but it was a big Oscar winner, but he was the director of photography of that and he has come on to this and the thing that is the same I want to point out is kind of the tint of the color and the the darkness he works mm. well ben richardson in in kind of con high contrast and darkness and i think this episode i mean so far i haven't mentioned it much but it looks great but uh hey i've been talking i gotta introduce solo what's up solo and your name, Axel Foley. You didn't say your name was Axel. Yeah, I'm People Axel. Don't know. I got so excited hey. about 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 the contrast in Ben Richardson that I forgot about myself and you. I got lost in it all. Hey, well, I'm Heath Solo. I'm very excited to be back for episode two. But before we get in deep, Axel, yeah. we have to tie up some loose ends. Do it. So, yeah, I screwed up on our first pod. I was so overloaded and excited. So... It's Vera, not Evelyn Foley. Uh, Milo, it is his wife. Uh, she stripped, and we were talked about that whole thing. Why she's stripping? Why she isn't protected? But uh, for some reason, I-, I looked on IMDb, thought she was uh, Evelyn Foley, and was like, "Yeah, she's on Twenty Four. I remember her." No, she was not. It's a total different actress, different character. So I apologize to the listeners for that. Um, yeah. They, they kind of updated the IMDb because you couldn't find her, the character. That's why I kind of jumped on the Evelyn Foley thing. Uh, but after the episode aired, they kind of, then they fixed it because there's a lot of people in the cast who aren't in the first episode. So sorry about that. And also just clarification for me, because I'm an idiot. Uh, we had talked about uh, Mitch being the mayor and Mike kind of being, you know, and taking over the mayor. And I think I might've mentioned there can't be two mayors, you know, but and then I realized they're actually just 
technically another man, the real mayor. <laughs> like, like for some reason, I thought I just assumed Mitch was the mayor. That's why I was like, wow, he's out in public, you know? So. Oh, that, that he was, was really the mayor? Like the yeah, elected yeah. mayor? Yeah, oh, I thought yes. he was the elected mayor. They I actually, thought it was such a. <laughs> in the first episode, someone has a line where they say something like, Jerry's the real mayor. Like they, I think they actually. Went. Yes. Um, I rewatched the episode with my wife and that's where I picked some of this. That's why I was all freaking out. I'm like, I texted you. I'm like, her name's not Evelyn. <laughs> it's Mira. Oh no, it's Vera. No, but uh, Alberto uh, tells Vera. How does the real mayor? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He knows. Yeah. So. Uh, so I just wanted to clear that up. I apologize. It was our first episode and got a little ahead of myself, a yeah, little overwhelmed. Yeah. I know, but you know, I just, you know, don't, you know, don't send any bad emails or write bad reviews on it. If you want to, it's on me, not Axel. It's on me. Well, right. we're a team. We'll take it. And if you did want to send us an email, you could send that to dvrpodcast at gmail.com. You can also check us out at dvrpodcast.com. I got so excited, I missed the intro too. But we're here to talk about that second episode. Overall, what'd you feel about it, Solo? Now that we're seeing how what we're in for, our man Coach is gone. Yeah, his his brains are still on the safe. Well, for part of the episode, and it really <laughs> lights it on fucking fire. But um, <laughs> how, how how you feeling? This is now Renner's show. Um, I, I, I'm still missing Mitch. I really would, would have liked to seen it, but Renner just, he knows how to lead a movie, lead a show I'm in. And I even liked it better. I did watch it twice. I liked it even better the second time because after the pilot, because the pilot was a little different. It's, uh, I gotta say it slows down, but it kind of gets geared towards, um, what's to come with the aftermath. So yeah, I, I really enjoyed the episode and uh, we'll get into it, but that execution scene was intense. Um, and and watching it the second time, I thought it was a lot longer because I was so into it. And like every step of the way I'm sweating and getting emotional. And then the second time I watched, I'm like, I thought it was like another 15 minutes. It's just, you know, the way it affected you. Yeah. So. yeah, no, that definitely, I have to say that for me, that really set the tone, even though it came at the end, it made <laughs> me feel like, okay, now I'm kind of understanding what this show is going for because we've only seen two episodes, right? And mm-hmm. it takes time for things to develop and some shows are very much exactly what they're going to be from the beginning and some change. I feel like this show is very consistent. I mean, we broke right in with the kid with the tennis racket over the, you know, just the little intricacies than the brothers talking in a room. And that is a lot of what this show is. We're going to get momentary insane violent parts and but a lot of people talking and planning right and a lot Mm -hmm. of scheming intrigue uh i'm really in and but overall as with the execution scene 
they really are going for the gut with this show. And I think there's a lot of emotion here. And I and, and for me, they're hitting the mark. And I like what they're doing. Just even from the very beginning, instead of going, instead of having us sit through the whole funeral, right? it's the end of the funeral. And the bird, just like we ended with the bear, we get the nature again, the circle of life, right? The connection to the land. Um, and it's just, uh, you know, it's just Renner sitting there thinking about his brother and there's a bird there and everybody's leaving. And it starts to rain. Yeah. And I like that. That was one of the first things. I'm glad you said it. I was like, oh, we're going to go through, you know, the whole funeral service. No, you didn't need it. This yeah. was the perfect way to start the episode, knowing a little time has passed you know, probably not a lot, but you know, a little time. It's it's grieving time. It's the aftermath of putting him in the ground, and it just it, you. They said so much in thirty seconds. Yep. Than you would have if you had a five minute funeral scene. Thank you, and that was great to me. And I mean, I really love the way that this show is shot. I love the location shooting. It seems and feels very real. Um. I th it just like you said, they accomplished as much in that 30 seconds as you needed. There's two things that I actually really dislike in films. And they're kind of the same, but kind of different, which is funeral scenes and sex scenes. And the reason why is because the funeral scene, all you need to do is show me like a picture of a funeral and I fucking get it. Somebody died. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like you don't it, going on and on and like he cared. And then you see that unless there's some intrigue as to who's watching the funeral, who's spying on it. I, it just seems boring to me. And with sex scenes, I always feel like it just becomes silly. Some of them, most of them, not all of them, but most of them are just kind of seem like a time waster. Like we know, like just cut. You know, like if you're not, if you, if this isn't a porn, then just cut. Um, <laughs> you know, you're me. right about that, Axel, because I mean, like a movie like Fatal Attraction, where Michael Douglas's character is having an affair. Okay. And it's Pat, you show it. It, it makes sense. But just to have it. Yeah. It's, it's like, we, we get it. I yeah. actually, that's weird. Maybe it's age, <laughs> but when they just fade to black, when they start, when, when I'm, I'm fine. I'm like, I don't need I it. I prefer it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Unless it's something they have to show or someone's got to pull a gun in it, river, you know. It, or it's it interesting. Or so they do yeah. something different. Yeah. Like I, I like for me, I'll give you a the best kind of sex scene I think is um in Mean Streets when he's just hanging out when they're just hanging out naked in bed and he's doing the thing with the eyes when he's looking at her and then mm -hmm. they kind of fool around a little bit and then they do that's to me that's real. But just like this, the music starts, dur, 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 you know. So anyway, let's get back to the show. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And they, worms. they go right past it. I love the imagery with the bird. Um, and then we jump into the wake. And we're getting right, right into, I think right here, we're, you know, everyone is faced with, okay, Mitch is gone. Is Mike taking over? And he just takes right over, which is something we talked about in the last episode a little bit is we just met these guys. We don't know. Maybe there would be some hesitation. Maybe people would be like, yeah, he's not like his brother or whatever, but he just kind of 
goes forward and takes it and then is like, we're back in business. And that's a lot of what the beginning of the episode is about. Um, but I, I liked all this. I thought it was cool the way they showed him kind of take control and right out the gate at the wake talking to the guard about we're going to do it this way now. Basically, we're going to strong arm them out of the yard until they give us that letter now. I thought that that was pretty cool. And like, you know, Renner just takes over. Yeah. And they had to show it because, you know, the whole thing is everyone's like they want things to go back to the way they were. And they're like, are you, you know, are you, they're so anxious of what his answer is going to be. And, you know, and then when they do, okay, he's relieved. They know him. It's not like someone new coming in and taking over, um, but he's doing it his way. And yeah, right off yeah. the bat, they put it, you know, Mitch wouldn't do this. Well, you know, you got, you, and I love when he goes, you got, you got to remind the, the criminals that they're the criminals, <laughs> you know, it's, it, it made sense. It's like, you got to show some power. Uh, at some point so um i liked that and he took control and he's he he, he's grieving but he's doing what he needs to do he's tying up loose ends whether that's he's trying to he's got a game plan to nip it all in the bud and you know try to get out or is he just going to try to make it business as usual and do you know so that's that's one of the the fork in the road is he just going to carry on do it his way make sure everything is copacetic or is he really want to end this so he can get away and go to because they keep mentioning the cooking school yes <laughs> exactly yeah right dude we're trying to figure out what this show is right we're trying to figure out what does mike mccluskey want he they're running this thing his brother died okay he takes over we see in this episode, there's like kind of a resolution to the letter. There is a resolution, though I'm sure there'll be reverberations, right, to the, his methodology. Though it huh. seems like he gets along with Bunny at the end, right? Um, we know that there's something coming down the pike with Milo, but we still see that really at the heart of this story so far, we have a guy... You know, in many ways, it's like a Shakespearean kind of tragedy in the same way that a lot of these shows take that form. I mean, I know Sutter always said that Sons of Anarchy was like Shakespeare, right? It's a tragedy. We're kind of, we should think mm -hmm. we're watching kind of a tragedy. And Mike is thrust into this role of the king, right? And yep. he's going to do it his way, but it's also it's not a case of him really wanting it and fighting for it. It's almost a case of him feeling like he has to do it. Yeah. You know, no, he, like he, it, it's like a natural order of things that he really has no control in what's happening. Yeah. If, cause if he just walks away, he screws up a lot of lives and probably screws up the town. His brothers lives in, his mom lives in. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, he, he's taken it on and he because honestly, the theme of this, uh, this whole episode, what, what I was looking at, Axel, is, you know, he's grieving about the loss of his brother. But also remember what Miriam told him. He goes, you have no friends. Yeah. You, you have nothing. You don't have a kid. You're not married. You, you know, so he's going through. I, he had his brother. 
uh, who has his brothers. But like when you think about it, he really doesn't have any friends. So one of the things why I think with Bunny, even though we don't know the real history with them, maybe maybe they grew up together. I don't I don't know if it's ever been mentioned, but they you know they have a love hate relationship. <laughs> Knocks down the fence and pulls the gun on him again. Uh, but they like you said they have the beer at the end and they kind of just talk like two human beings. Yeah. Uh, you know, and, and so one of the things. Um, not to jump a, a super ahead, but with his grieving, I really believe that he's realizing I have no friends and he's just trying to do things. He's like lost in his work, but yet he's, I think he's finally realizing I got a lot missing in my life. Yeah. I, I think you're right, dude. I mean, we're seeing a man at a crisis, right? At an inflection point and the relationship, I like how you kind of hone in on the relationship with Bunny and the comment about him having no friends, no family, no nothing. Because we get a scene with the mother has a connection with the uh, with his brother, right? With the right. younger brother, Kyle. The Kyle has his wife, who we get a very beautiful moment there. And really the point of that moment I felt was just to show us their love connection and their willingness to accept each other and be truthful to each other, right? Like he seems to have a very mm -hmm. truthful relationship with his wife. Um, but Mike has nothing. He's got a bear that he first wants to kill. Then, he's, yeah. <laughs> then he can't help but again appreciate and love. Right. And, and feel like he, again, he is the bear, right? He wants to learn how to feed things outside in nature. That's the, the camp that he talks about, the school he talks about. And that's kind of yep. what he's doing with the bear anyway. Right. That's what he does with the French fries and the lard and the grease <laughs> and the grease. Yeah. Is that, is that what we want now? I've watched we've watched two episodes. Are we saying to ourselves, I hope by episode 10, Mike is out of this world and he's happy and he's taking that class and he's off and, and living his life. Or are we, do we want him to stay there because of the way he helps the people through the execution because of the connection he has with bunny because of the way maybe he really is helping people, you know? So that's, I think that's the conflict at the heart of the show for me right now. Right. And I, I guess I got a little different take with the bear, Axel. Okay. As, oh, I sound like I'm Canadian now. I'm like, <laughs> sorry. Hey. Um, uh, about the bear. But I almost feel like he thinks the bear is the spirit of his brother. And at first he was shocked. I love it. And then as he's seeing it eat, I think he felt this connection. And then, cause I'm just wondering why does he want to feed this bear so bad? You know, like, why does he want to buy 40 pounds of fries and the lard and the grease and everything? And, and, and I don't know, I, I, he doesn't have any friends. So maybe he sees it as a friend, but I kind of feel like either he sees the bear as the spirit of his brother or this is his way to grieve is to take care of someone 
I mean, there's, there's a, it's, it can get very complicated if you look into it with the bear and trying to survive and what people are doing, but it's more of a simpler way of survival. It's, it's accepted and you don't get in its way and you let nature. So it's kind of one of those complicated things, but it's definitely helping with his grieving. I'll, I'll say that, but I kind of got the, the brother stuff and real quick for the listeners, if my sound sounds not as up to par, I sat on my, I sat on you my You sound so. great. You sound All right. Great. Yeah. I feel, the bear, I, I, well, I, I like we should the bear. be honest. The, a bear sat on your headset. <laughs> That's what happened. Yeah, you're trying to feed happened. him. I love what you're saying about that being the spirit of his brother. And I think that that's definitely a, a very valid reading of that. I think that it can it's representative of his brother. I think of himself, of his own situation, of the conflicts he has with the prison and the town and his mom and his upbringing, right? It's right. just as simple as, as man in nature and a connection to something like you're saying, you know, um, mm-hmm. Hey, when he's talking about being a chef, he's not talking about going to the big city, right? He still has that connection to the land. That seems to be something important. Right. And I wonder, it seemed to me he, we know he's been in prison. Did they mention if he was in the military? You know, it's tough because, you know, watching Yellowstone and watching these other shows, I I, I'm like, wait a minute, Casey from Yellowstone, he was in the military. Oh, wait, this is not, it's not Jax Teller, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't know if they mentioned you know, it, but I wouldn't be surprised if we find that so. out. Okay. I would, yeah. maybe the, maybe prison was his military, but I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if we find out that, that, um, that maybe he was uh, in the military or something. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. But I feel like there is definitely a connection, such a strong connection to the land or something. And sometimes that comes up with military, especially depending where they were stationed or whatnot. You know, and like you're saying in these shows, that is kind of a a reoccurring thing. You know, right, um, right, but. Yeah, you know, Mike's behavior in the beginning of the episode is very different. It's like he is like a speeding bullet that slows down. I mean, this is really quite an episode. And if and if this show garners some attention, which right now it seems to not be garnering a ton of attention, we love it. We hope people listening are loving it. It got kind of mixed reviews. Some critics really dug it, and they seem to be those who are into these type of shows. Right, right. But other critics kind of were pushing it and saying it was too dark or something. Um, but I think that this is like an Emmy-worthy episode for Renner because he is oh, like yeah. a bullet through it setting the fucking thing on fire where the FBI comes into the, <laughs> to the oh, office. Dude. And he's like, let me sign the fucking paper. You know what I mean? Dude, he, he all along is just doing, and he's straight up. Yeah. He's like, you know, he lays down the law. He knows. Because, like, at first, you're thinking, you know, your brother was an informant. You're thinking he'd be like, what? Oh, yep. He's like, yes, yeah, I know. And he's like, okay, this is the deal. You got a lot of shit to clean up. If I you want to come that. after me, you got a lot of shit to clean up on your end first. And he's like, you know, 
it just it, it was a great scene because so many of those scenes go differently. And that's one thing about this episode. You might see the same scenes that have happened before, but they're executed and done so much better. And we'll get to f- other scenes. Like we, we've kind of seen this scene before, informants coming in and whatever. Yeah. But but it's so different. And he knows that they need him more than he needs them. And he lays down, I'm not wearing a wire, I'm not going on no stakeouts, you know. Don't, you know, if a cop is doing something that, you know, don't run him up a flagpole, okay? It's, you know, so he just lays it down and he's just like, yeah, of course I'll sign, like you said. I was just like, this is great. Because I guess, I'm assuming that's who they was surveilling when we saw someone surveilling him, that was them. So it wasn't a, you know, Milo's people or nothing. It was the... um, the government. Yes, it was the feds. I thought that scene was, if anybody were to ask me or want to be sold on this show, I would show them that scene. And the reason why is because I think that it really espouses what they're trying to go after here, which is they're still doing this complicated, uh, you know, good guy bad guy thing that we've seen in other shows but like you said i think that they're trying to put a spin on it and kind of break through the like regurgitated stuff that we've all seen before and i think Mm -hmm. that this scene illustrates that because he just like you said he's just totally honest he lays it out even when they're talking about milo and they're like do you know what happened with the model? He's like, yeah, it was all in the papers. He stole the money. We were going to pick it up. He hit it. <laughs> right? like, yeah. He's just like laying the whole thing out. And one thing I want to ask you is he says he was allowed to keep it or something like that. Now, that to me sounds like a deal that he made with maybe the FBI for selling other people out or informing and some you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. that's not a part that would have been in the papers right yeah no uh definitely not Uh, as a reason why it was buried (laughs) it's because it's off you know off the grid people don't need to know you can't just put it in a safe deposit box or the bank but yeah no there's definitely i'm assuming mitch worked out some deal that he'd hand Um, himself in if he and he gets to keep the money right yeah like yeah yeah, they definitely yeah, that just goes to show again in this in this Kingstown how much power they actually do have because that's something that you know you got to negotiate. So there's definitely some history there and some street cred or whatever you want. Or, yep. or you do one for me, I do for you. You know, we don't know of how many deals have been, but um, yeah, that's definitely something that they struck up. And Which that, oh, isn't wasn't in the papers. And that you make a good point too, as far as like their cred or how deep it is, because you also want to understand. We know that that obviously Mitch and Mike are in with the cops, but to know that they're also in with the feds is a whole nother story, right? So yeah, the, and, and I wonder if 
do the cops know they're in with the feds That's or is it what just I was gonna the say. brothers? Yep. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Sorry. That, Sorry to step no, on your No, we're, we're, we're vibing, dude, because that's always a thing. Like you and I are not in law enforcement, but we've played one on TV. At least you have. So, yes, <laughs> so we do, uh, we do recognize these setups, right? And we know that a lot of times jurists, my diction is what happens in these shows. <clears throat> Right. So I like the fact that they're showing us right off the bat. Okay, he's not only is he definitely got the cops any and any which way he wants, and the same way with him, they he helps them too, as we see with the amazing car wreck, um, oh. which was there's so much happened in this episode is really great, um, but uh, they're with the feds too, and not only with the feds, but he's informing. That to that twenty five hundred dollars a month is is the say is the check that um uh let's see Rebecca played by Nicole Galacia uh, I'm looking at IMDb of course while I say that um she sure, takes right it's not like uh, you know <laughs> Susie Foley no 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 um, okay. but okay. Rebecca takes the check and that basically keeps the business running right like so. That is also establishes that the main money that they have coming in, what keeps them basically in business is the federal government paying them for information. But so and I was thinking about that, the twenty five hundred. I'm like, it's not that much. But yet you got to pay Rebecca. You got to keep the coffee bill. I mean, I'm sure more money comes in, as we've seen in other ways. But it's a good base because, you know, they're not making a ton of money. But, you know, she's happy because, oh, I still have a job and he just gives her the check. So, that, yeah. that no. And it's like she takes care of it, too. Right. She that's another yeah. thing I wanted to say is I wonder Rebecca took that check so quickly and things just kept on going. Like, I mean, Mitch died. Mike took over. She came to work. Right. Like things just kept on going. How in is she? That's one question I have. And what is her backstory? Obviously, she's gorgeous. She is there. She's at the front desk for a reason. She gets attention, but she also is smart and knows what's up with the business. I want to know how deep into the business she is and maybe whose side she is on in certain situations. I think that could be interesting as well. That's a great point. I would love to see. I Because. You know, we didn't really mention her in the first episode, but this one, even though it's just like one scene, I'm intrigued because I'm sure she can handle herself. There's a reason she's out in the front. You know, maybe she's dressed the way she is to distract and kind of, you know, bring people down a little bit, you know, but yet I could see her picking up a gun and dropping someone quick if she had to. Yeah, that's yeah. what I mean. Like I think that there's and we're well we're finding that out. I mean, we just entered this world. Um it's interesting, but yeah, that fed scene really said a lot about what's Oh, the other thing I was going to say is by giving them that money, they're also like protecting them legally in a sense, right? Like Right. Um because they're for taxes and all that kind like at least they have like a base. So it's interesting how this whole enterprise and then you can see the pressure that Mike is under, right? Because in order to get out of it, he has to get out of it with the cops, with the, with the, with the Crips, with the FBI, with, 
it's it, he's really in very deep. So you can see why the whole mechanism continued and he's just a cog in it that he just had to show up, you know, like he kind of says to his brother, what else am I going to do? Yeah. Um, but uh, what'd you think of the fire in the office? That was a little weird to me because when some, when a character does something so kind of like outlandish or it seems, I thought maybe against type, it can take me out of it. And for a second it did until he had the conversation with his brother and his brother said to him, what the hell are you doing? <clears throat> but did that take you out of it a little bit or how did you um, feel about that? Well, I thought he, you know, I, at first I thought he was just going to burn down the whole office. I mean, he's doing, he's drinking the J J and B scotch. He's grieving. He, you know, he's probably a little hammered. Um, you know, we, we tend to do dumb things when inebriated. Um, most people don't put stuff, you know, put stuff on fire. But we we, <laughs> we, we, we get our alcohol, was it your alcohol muscles or whatever they call it? Oh, yeah. We do things different. Beer goggles um, and whatnot? Yeah. Well, it's all in that package. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, it was a little weird, but it... it, it it made sense to me. It, you know, he justifies that I'm clean up a mess. Well, it would be easier to just to hire a cleaner, but it just, it, 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 he wants to get rid of it. He wants the killing of his brother. He just literally wants it to go away and, and, and be gone. And I think that was just his drunk um, mindset of what's going on. And he just did it. I think he just did it. He didn't really think about it. He just freaking did it. And it was stupid. But he's like, hey, and uh, you know, so I can't blame him. So, no, it didn't really take me out, but I was wondering where it was going. I thought he was going to just bring down the whole building. Yeah, it was, like I said, um, there, the, the ride in the car through the fence and all that, that I can understand a little bit. But this mm -hmm. seems so inherently self-destructive. But then as the episode progressed, and like I said, he had the conversation with his brother and he acknowledged that on screen, which I think is important with a scene like that, right? Mm -hmm. So we understand that this world, that this show exists and people are like, we can trust that there's people who think lighting your own office on fire is fucking nuts and understand <laughs> it's, a, it's a result of your being like totally lost without his brother, you know? And that's something yeah. that happens in this show too, is it's like Mike starts and he never stops until he sits down with bunny at the end of the episode. He's even, yeah. it's like, he's even working while the guy's dying. He's working right. Right. In right. the execution. So he never really got a chance to grieve. We, he, we see him sit in the beginning. He starts the episode sitting and then he ends the episode sitting. Right. It's like, right. so it's kind of, uh, I, I, it, it took me out. I think but Axel, then I came back in is what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was just one of those moments where he didn't have a moment. Yeah. He's, he's got so much going on. It was a quick little act and it's almost like, it, it's almost like he did it to see, okay, who's going to come and rescue me. If, if, if I put this on fire, will people take care of me? It's just kind of one of those, like, fuck it. He's just like, I'm doing it. I did it, whatever. It was just like 
I think it was his moment to his way to hit rock bottom in a sense. But then knowing that after that, he's like, okay, I'm done. I did my stupid shit. Now it's business time again. I think he just needed that moment though. Stupid. It was just kind of as, you know, so, but in a sense where it, it said it took you out a little bit, Axel, it was his way to like escape and get out of everything and then get back into it. True. So it worked on both ends for the viewer and the character. Totally true, man. Totally true. Um, and, uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm reading the notes before I talk. But um, when yeah. when the when the guys are there fixing uh, the office and painting it, and it it pretty much looks as shitty as it looked after they fixed it as before. I just want to point that out. But I don't right. think there's much they could do with that wood paneling and ever. You know what I mean? It's a shitty office. Um, but right. he says to the guys. He kind of looks at him and he looks at the safe. And what does he say? He says, if if I fu- if anybody comes in here and tries to steal from me in the next two weeks or something, I'll fucking break break into your house and kill you in your kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> and I, thought that, I thought that was so hilarious. And then he runs the car through the fence <laughs> to get the yeah. he's just on a fucking bent and like the bender continues. Um, that whole thing, that whole sequence was hilarious. And just Renner is fucking awesome, man. I mean, he pulls this off without any question. Like there is not a point in this entire episode at which I felt he himself when the fire thing. I questioned the show, but not him. Like he's just such right, a great right, actor, right, man. Right. He, he just, he, he is wholeheartedly the, in this role. Um, but uh, we get the re- resolution of the bunny thing, and we finally get to stop talking about the letter that I don't think I still don't really understand it. <laughs> it's laced with coke, and what's I, a letter? I'm still, I'm Axel, and of course, Bunny had it the whole time. <laughs> yes, right. yeah, the whole time. Um, th- yeah, the whole letter thing. I guess it's something we're just not. I guess it happens. I don't know. It's just weird because the letter. But then I'm like, is it a real letter? <laughs> is it you know what what was it it had money in it, it like i'm still freaking confused about this letter thing so if anyone out there listening <laughs> whether it's in 2021 or in 2028 when you finally listen to the pod or watch the show email us if you if you've got this letter thing nailed down yeah, explain <laughs> bit, it to us please. step by step because i get it and i get the metaphor and i, I guess it's actually a letter and i get about the hook and all that but I just don't understand why getting the letter back, I guess it's evidence that he sent. I, I don't know. I could hold it over his head. That's I know, but that's why I was, that's why I'm trying to figure like, okay, I get it's evidence, but what does it have to have his fingerprints or do they have video of him delivering it? Or I'm just, I'm trying to whatever. And the thing I, about it being sanctioned, like yeah. I'm not sanctioned. I, I don't know. Okay. Well, I understand that. The sanction thing oh. I understand because that made it able that made it like part of um, the business, right? Like he could handle it because Bunny was the guy's boss who was trying to get the right. guard. If he was a freelancer, they'd have they really have no one to negotiate with, right? He's a freelancer and he's just turned a guard. They'd probably have to take him out or something. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. The yeah. fact that it was part of the Crips that he it has was, someone they were to answer able to, to. Hand, 
Right. Versus if it was just okay. Yep. Yes. That I understand. And I and we understand the ins and outs of the, what the letter means. It's just what right. the letter is. And I kind of, you know what I have to admit, I kind of like that I don't understand it because I am I have not ever been to prison. We have watched these shows a lot, but I don't really understand what happens. If I went to prison, I man, let me tell you, it would probably not be a fun thing for me or for anyone involved. I would not be good in prison. I'd probably just stay in bed all day. But I I think that having something cool like that where you're kind of trying to figure out, it brings you into the world, right? It's like mm-hmm. that MacGuffin, the Alfred Hitchcock thing, the briefcase in Pulp Fiction. Why do these things exist? Because it brings you into a world in which it can exist. And it kind of changes your mind. And that's what I think this letter did over these two episodes to us. We're trying to figure it out so much that we're thinking about prisons and this and that. Right. And so like we kind of, it kind of, we sink into it. So I was cool with it, but the way that ended was kind of funny and bunny is great. Um, they really found someone here with this guy and they, he's in a lot of interviews too. Um, uh, what's his, I mean, I want to say, I wanted to say his name. His name is Toby Bamtifa, Bamtifa. And, um, he had, he did an interview with Hugh Dillon and they were pals and this guy's a really good actor, man. No, he's great. And, but the only question I have, if he's the head of everything, why day and night is he out there sitting, <laughs> just chilling out in the open? Why is Mike, you know, I mean, I think why did, why do we hear stories of presidents up watching news all night or like people, I think, I think in a sense it kind of showed like, that's why at the end bunny was like, I'm 37 years old. I've never even celebrated Christmas. You know, like these men are entirely overwhelmed by the life that they're in, that they've either chosen to be in or were born into, you know what I mean? Like, right. I think that's the reason why, like, he's, you know, he's doing it because he like, I guess, because he can, he likes the outdoors. He's waiting for a bear. (laughs) (laughs) He's waiting for the bear to come. And that's Mike. Um, Yeah, I guess or maybe it's a he likes to be out on the front lines there to see what's coming versus being in. Where where else are you going to be? Where else are you going to be solo in an office or something? You know, you want to be out there, dude. Yeah. Um, let's talk a little bit about, wow, this is great, dude. We're having fun with this. Uh, we really only couple of things to chat about the car accident on purpose was very cool. And another one of those, what the fuck is going on here? And then when, yeah. it, as it happens, you figure it out. Oh, I get it. They tried to they fucked up his car once and they tried to get him to. Well, break. it's like your brother's car. Yeah. <laughs> uses. So, well, I guess what I figure out is they mentioned they're trying to catch this meth cook. They had already once fucked up his car, but he fixed it himself because if he had brought it in, that's when they could search they it. They could pull him over. Yes. And, and they get- could have pulled him over or whatever for a taillight and search, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had the guy at a Costco or whatever <laughs> fix it in the parking lot. So then they have basically drove Mike drive into him. He wasn't supposed to do it like this, um, so violently. But 
then basically the evidence is out on the ground. So I thought that this was such a fun scene. Yeah. Did you see the Sheridan Street? The shot of Sheridan Street? No, I didn't see that. That's cool. Okay. So when he's at the stoplight and he's like, I, I, I don't know where he is. I don't know where he is. And then he's about to go and then, you know, ends up hitting him. There's there's a sign. The street it says Sheridan Street. I'm wondering if that's just if that was accidentally or they put it there on purpose. But nice little Easter egg because that's our creator, Taylor Sheridan. Yeah, I like that. It could be both, too. It could just be like, hey, we need a street. Go shoot that sign. Yeah. Oh, like yeah, that. that's true. I mean, it, it could be just a shot they pulled. Yeah. But I kind of like that Easter egg, the Sheridan Street. I love it. I thought yeah. that was pretty cool. The whole thing was fun. I mean, I I appreciate stuff like that in this show, too. I like these kind of action scenes. And this was like a con man cop action scene I, I don't know if i had ever seen something like this before but it did bring it brings me back to a lot of these detective hard boilers uh right you know i like <clears throat> i like this kind of stuff and interesting i wanted to bring this up he sees the dude that killed alberto again right yeah and that yes he's like the swat guy kind of whatever why? Why do we see him again solo? Because it's probably one of Taylor Sheridan's buddies. And he gets like, he's just cool. <laughs> he gets these cool lines. I'm like, I want that role. Just you're in a scene, you got two lines, but you're like, I like that dude. He is very that cool dude. He's a cool dude. Yeah, so, so I don't know if there's going to be more. I mean, he had his kind of his big scene when he talked Alberto through yeah. the gun. Yep. Um, but the fact that, you know, he's just there, I, he might be just there to be like, I, I, you know, right now, I mean, it's the type of thing where this character, it's like you put him in and if people like him or they, then they could write him more in later. Uh, we, they've established him. He's a cool dude. He, he, he knows the deal. They're buddies. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe it's potential to um, make the character bigger, or it might be just one of those cool characters that he has on his side. Like, I could see him, uh, you know, Mike being, you know, cornered or something. And he pops in and shoots a guy and he's like, I got mm -hmm. your back, bro. You know, like, it's just like, it's, it's like, I miss those little, like shows have taken, it, it doesn't always work, but in this show, the cool dude has a couple of lines. Like I haven't seen that in a long time. Yeah. Where you're like, Oh, I like that dude. I, like, I, you know, he's not he's a big, like part, a Frank Grillo like or something. You know, well, like he just yeah, kind of, but he, Frank's bigger now, he, but, he, now but you know, he he's is. like that. Yeah. Well, yeah, but no, he, it, he's got that demeanor of a Frank yep. Grillo. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why I like him. Cause I, I love Frankie Grillo. I love that dude. I, you covered what I was thinking. I mean, I think either he is a cool dude. Maybe he's a real cop or something that he know that they know he's a, he's the stunt coordinator that we don't know about, or like he's right, on right. set. Um, uh, he's like a, a, what do they call it? Um, uh, a lot of times they'll hire someone to just consultant consult. Or exactly. A consultant. Like, yeah. yeah. But I also felt like maybe he'll end up being Mike's heavy, like Michael kind of, if he gets in trouble, he knows that that's a guy like we'll see him again. He'll take if Mike has to go bad, maybe the, he knows this is a guy who will have his back or take someone yeah. out for him or something, you know, 
Um, I think that there's a reason why we're seeing him again. And I almost felt like that whole thing was to kind of, we get to also see Hugh Dillon, of course, as well. Right. Hugh Dillon's awesome. So that's awesome. And it's, he's such a natural in this world too. It's all, um, I mean, you've seen him in so much stuff, but in knowing that this is his show, it's, it's kind of all, it's kind of makes you feel good to see him on the screen and be like, this is awesome, dude. You're doing your thing now. Right. Like you're not just a guy yeah. in the show. You're in your fucking show. Good job. Hugh Dillon. Um, <laughs> that's how I felt. I was like, good job, buddy. Um, but I felt like a lot of, I, I, I don't know why, but I just felt like it was about him seeing that guy again. Like this whole setup thing was about him seeing that guy again. But it also shows the way that he's willing to sacrifice himself for the cops, the trust they have, but also the way in which they feel that he's on call for them. You know, right. like, hey, we need you. He's there. He knows he has to be there. And there is, is it a, my turn to band? Oh, <laughs> we forgot to sing the song. I know we, we forgot you know, to sing the PM Dawn song, sing, especially in Mindhunter with all the seventies jams, we always sing. And then Axel's like, we've got to sing PM Dawn. And then when I rewatched it, I'm like, Oh my gosh, how did we not? Oh, man. That was... my turn. And it was in a tense scene yeah, with that, that was song. Intense. Um, yeah, we got to sing oh, out. Still songs. recovering, but that was a great. That was cool. The car accident on purpose, and then he's like, "The rocks all over the ground." We did great. Um, <laughs> all right, the two last things we're gonna chat about are we get to meet the infamous little finger. I mean Milo, and uh, he's there in the jail as he's walking through. We only get we only see the back of his head, right? <laughs> like, oh yeah. <laughs> And I said, I it's like, Littlefinger. And my wife didn't know that that it was actually going to be Littlefinger. And she was like, huh? She's like, it does look like him. And then and then he, the camera turns around and she's like, it is him. And I was like, yeah, honey, I knew that. And she's like, oh, I don't know. I'm just watching it. I'm not podcasting on it. Um, but what would you think of Littlefinger? Exactly what I expected. Yep. I mean, it's just typical Aiden Gillian. He, he, he can play, he can play the bad guy really well, but he does have little ways to do it. He has his common, you know, actor traits, but he definitely, he, 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 he can be like the villain, but he has this extra gear that he's a little psycho and he's, he's a little out there that makes you feel uneasy. And I love the comment of how, he says that Mike is more like them than Mitch. So it's like, got to be careful. Yeah. Um, and, nice solo. You know, right. Ooh, I got yeah. excited. You're right. That he, well, I just, I just listened to the episode. I didn't do anything <laughs> special. <laughs> you just podcast on it. I'm uh, just podcasting. You're right. He does say that he does say, and he's so, I was, I was really listening for the accent. Because he does accents too. Now he is Irish, so he actually has a nice Irish brogue in real life. Um, right, right. And I wanted to see if he was going to say Sansa, but he didn't Sansa. say Sansa. Get but into my boat. He did kind of have a little Russiany Euro accent going on, but it, I, yeah. you know, I got to listen to it again. But I liked he was doing something. 
I like that he was, he can, sometimes he can really pump it up. So I like that he was cool because I was, I was a little afraid that he might be like the crazy Russian guy, you know, but I like, yeah, no, that wouldn't have worked. Yeah. Yeah. This was cool. Like you said, he was like, he's be careful. He's more like us. You know, he's a criminal, right? He knows what's up. But he then, thinks like a criminal too. Yeah, yeah. He, th- he thinks like a criminal. But then we get the real kicker here, which is mm-hmm. we're gonna get someone get get someone to get to him like Vera. So was that made me think? Vera's dead now, right? And yep. Vera was Vera really his wife? We got to go back. I don't think we're right about it, Vera being his wife. No, they they say it well. In the they office. did say it. But his wife's like uh, yeah. Rebecca says it. His wife's here. It's Milo's wife here or whatever. That's why, like, I didn't catch that. Like, it kind of just slipped through the cracks. But like, it just seems to me. I, I mean, maybe he has many wives. Maybe yes. it's one of okay. Those That's okay. But I, that, maybe but it's it, a, it seems to me like it's his. It could be his wife, but it's not. It can't be his love of his life because you don't let her strip and you don't just have no no one protecting her i mean come on and also so, just the way he drops her name like that when she just died and he's like get a girl like vera oh what do you mean a hot girl that will sell her body for you that's not you know maybe that's just yeah who he is. it's i i still question but also oh, i'm sorry no, also because no. you kind of see it when vera comes to see mitch Mitch lets his guard down a mm-hmm. little bit and he has a thing, you know, they could have been an affair there mm-hmm. or something. Yeah, um, so, so, so <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> but, but the fact that they're getting another female for Mike, so there might be a history with him, let him letting his guard down as well, possibly with women, you know, maybe that's why he got to prison. Ah. He, he trusted a woman and got screwed over. I don't know. Um, so there's definitely, I mean, he has mommy issues, so there's definitely something, you know, I'm trying to figure out a weakness in Mike and it looks to be aside from getting drunk and trying to clean with, uh, scotch and, and a flamethrower, uh, you know, the female persuasion might be one that could, you know, plus he's alone, the whole theme of being alone and wanting company and, you know, it, throughout these first two episodes. So. So he yes. knows something. He's done his homework. Yeah. He knows and I like that Mike we don't know yet. I like that we don't know yet. It's not all there. And, and that that's why with these shows, you got to take your time and they'll give you stuff. But these other stuff's like, you know, like sometimes you if you watch TV with someone that asks so many questions, like, let it play out. I don't know the answer. <laughs> Just yeah. let it play out. It's it will get there. Yeah. You know, so. Uh, that's very very interesting now i don't know the guy that again tying up loose ends because imdb is confusing me but is the guy he beat up the russian guy in the rush and the same guy that went to visit little finger is that joe the russian or is that another character i believe that's joe that is what they are calling that is who they are calling joe the russian Oh, that is him. Yes. Okay. Because I, I didn't want so. I I didn't want to think I screwed up again. And Joe the Russian nah. we haven't even seen yet, and this guy's like Gustavo. You know. Yeah, I believe it is him. Yeah. It's okay. it's it's okay. it's his uh, heavy. You know. It's his guy. It's his man. Yeah. Okay. Um, but um, 
Yeah, so basically what we get out of this scene is that, yes, it is. I'm looking at it now. It's Joe. Um, Okay, okay. And yeah, he smashed a glass into his head and beat him up in that bar. Yeah. But so they're going to send, we get to see her. They talk about her. Then we get to see her naked as well. Uh, Iris. And Iris is who is going to be sent, we believe, to seduce Mike because Mike's lonely and he's into bears. So he needs a lady. Um, right. And they want to try to get this money back. That's their point. They think that they're going to get the money back. But Mike already told them that the cops have the money. Now, they're going to try to use Mike and his connection to the cops to get Mike to steal the money from the cops. This is what I... seems to be, yeah. That's what I'm trying to say at this point. Like, I don't know. It's a little... I want to see how this rolls out. And I want to see also perhaps if there's something else that they're, they're obviously... Maybe they're after something more than just the money. Maybe Milo needed the money... For another reason, there's some something that's going down, something bigger. But I feel like this is leading to something maybe bigger, maybe not. But are we? He- what are we headed for here, Solo? Are we headed for Iris comes from New York to Michigan where they are right there in Michigan? We haven't talked about that a lot. Um, and she is going to seduce Mike. And then they're going to try to, and then she's going to fall in love with Mike. And then by the end of the season, they're going to try to be running off away from Milo. Is this where we're headed with this show? Um, I hope not. <laughs> I don't know. I, I have a feeling that 200 grand Mike will end up having and going to Wyoming, going to cooking school. Okay. I think that's what happened, whether he's alone or not. Uh, no, it's, it's all possible. And I don't know if I like the character yet. I mean, she's there with, you know, the old guy and the old guy, you know, your typical. Anyway, um, I want to see more of her and see. I I don't know if I could see her falling in love with him. Um, Anything could happen. Will Mike fall for the honey trap? That's it. That's what we're, that's what we're going to see here. Yeah. That's what we're going to see. And how, and we didn't see a lot of mom. We saw a little of mom in this episode, but I wonder how mom's going to play into that. Mike is definitely lonely, you know? And how is, how is he not going to recognize that this is what's happening? I want, I'm, I'm especially if she's, is she Russian? Is she Russian? I don't, I don't know. Or is she English? I don't know. Because I was thinking if if a Russian girl like bumps into him and tries to, (laughs) you know, it's like, okay. And, and, and like you said, had they already played, maybe they already played this honeypot, as you call it, with Mitch and Vera. Maybe that's what Vera did to Mitch. I I believe so. So are they doing the same thing to the other brother? We'll see. They're going to try. They're going to try. They're going to try. Yeah. Um, It's interesting. But that's really. If we want to talk about like kind of where we're headed, maybe next episode or whatever, that's kind of what I think we're looking at, right? Like we're the introduction of Iris is really like what's going to take this show to the next kind of plot level. Yes. Um, but the last thing, and it's not too much to talk about, but we already kind of addressed it, was this execution, mm. which we had this young woman come in early in the episode 
asking him if there's anything she could do, he could do about her brother who was due to be executed that day. And he's like, looking at, there's nothing I can do, right? Like, you know, there's nothing I can do. She comes back again. She's, she's a little bit more, she looks like she's more put together at this point. And she kind of asks him to come to the execution to translate, but also to basically, and I think this is interesting. And I've actually heard of this being a thing before where you hire a lawyer or someone who's been in an ex like been through something like this, basically just to kind of guide you through it. Right. Like explain what the hell's, what's the procedure? What am I allowed to do? You know, that kind of thing. Right. And to me, it was having him whisper to her. And at certain points, you know, tell your, don't tell your mother that or tell, yeah, yeah. just heightened it so much. And the, God damn, the guy who was getting executed, what an acting job for him. What a great, oh my yeah. God. Yeah. I mean, good job. He buddy. was, yeah, he was phenomenal. And you could see it when, even when he's like, fuck it, just kill me. Like you could see the edge in him. I mean, you see the humanity when someone's about to get killed, no matter if you're a hardcore gangster or, you know, you know, you work at Sears, it, it just, you, you, you know, your emotions are going to be all over the map. Bodily fluids are going to be, you know, he, he, oh, he throws really up a little bit. It all. Yeah. They, and the, you know, and, yeah, that was great, man. I mean, not great, and, but. And, well, yeah. I mean, I was going to say it's executed very well, but a bunch, but that's a good, we've one. seen, I mean, I remember a Clint Eastwood movie. They had that, you know, we've seen these type of scenes, but not this way, not this tonally just we really see it from visceral, jeremy man. renner's yep what's that visceral yes that's the, the word that i had no idea to use and i thank you for using it for me because i need that from time to time or every other <laughs> sense um, <laughs> you listen to america sound live yeah it just it was so intense i i, I was lost in it and, and he was, even though I kind of knew from watching so many different movies and knowing and just being educated, I know exactly what's happening, but I've never been in a scene like this in this, this type of setting where they actually just go over every beat and every mm-hmm. minute, yeah. you know, usually it's focused on, you know, when, when is the governor going to call or it's focused on, you know, just the prisoner or, you know, it's sort of focused on the audience, but not so much. But this time it was really, I mean, even when the mom is screaming for him and then they cut to inside and you can't hear her. Like, just those moments we haven't seen before. They went through every damn detail and brought it to us. And honestly, when I was watching the first time, as I said before, I, I thought it was like 20-minute scene. Then I rewatched it I go, wait, it's over already? <laughs> Like, because I knew what was coming. So it was like, I could see it, you know, I saw it. But the first time I was just like, every moment, it was just, it was like a tennis match between the audience and and, and the, the prisoner. And it just goes back and forth. And it was just, it was intense. Um, it, it was, it was an amazing scene. And it just adds to this episode being when you, it was just an amazing episode. It had so many different things in it and we didn't even hit all our characters or they were in one or two scenes. But Jeremy Renner, man, he's fricking. I, I know everyone knows he's a great actor, but he's, he, 
he's top five right now. This was, as you say, could have been, I, when I was watching it, I was, I was thinking to myself, man, it would have been impossible to do. They could have done it with some David Fincher type panic room cameras, but if they had done this like without any cuts, because it was pretty much real time. And right. they didn't jump ahead. Like you're saying, a lot of times what happens is they come in, they close, you know, and then they like jump ahead to this part or that part. They really showed all the detail, the way the machine turned on exactly when it hit midnight, him looking for the phone, the procedures that they detailed. It was excruciating. It was brilliant. And like I said, I think that this, if you're going to, you know, this is really a centerpiece of the episode and sets the tone. And it says a lot too about, about Mike. It's almost like Mike would have been forced to narrate his own execution, right? Like the procedures of the prison and of this life are so ingrained in him that he can just kind of like, without any research, get in there and walk him through an execution. You know, it's, it really says something about the person the, the young woman and the mother, terrific acting on their part as well. Um, just all around, fantastic scene. And then to cap it off with going to get some beers with Bunny. <laughs> yeah, well, even, even, even in the execution scene, you have the other guy who's there for the family of the girl yeah. gets shot and, and knows, knows Mike. Yep. And, at, and at the end, he's like, man, I wish you would have warned me. And, and, and Mike is like, dude, I can't how can I set this up? And you know, I can't really it's explain a execution, dude. Yeah. What did you think like, it was going to be? Yeah. And I, I guess they kind of had that like, as like, just, it's kind of the audience almost like we are. Okay. We're going to see an execution yeah. on yep. TV. Great. No, no, no. This was different. I felt like I was there, but you're right. When he goes to bunny, he's like, he needs to blow off some steam. Where is he going to go? He's got nobody. I mean, the bear might not be there. <laughs> Exactly. Mom doesn't give a shit about him. Um, his brothers with his wife, you know. So it's like, I'm going to go with Bunny. I'm going to bring him some chairs, matching uh, chairs. And he got all happy. <laughs> yep. That was great. I have those chairs, by the way. You can get them. At, I got mine at Costco. I have nice. the exact same chair with the thing on the side that you can, like, lift up and put the – it has a, a spot for, like, your cell phone and a cup. It's really weird. Oh. Um yeah, that was great, man. What an episode. We are kind of defining what this show is. I'm ready to see the next episode if he'll have Iris to talk to. Uh, what's going to develop with that? We're going to see how things go with the prison. Are we really done with the letter stuff? And what's going on with that? All this kind of shit, man. I'm, I'm loving this so far. I'm happy that we've chosen to podcast about it. Shout out again to uh, the ladies at Paramount Plus for giving us uh, the screeners. And um, we'll be back. I don't know what, what we're going to do. Maybe we'll do Monday, Tuesday, something next week because the episode yeah, is think, on Sunday. So I think that would be a good day to kind of so we can, you know, uh, let it sink and let pe give people a couple of days, of course, yeah. for the diehards to watch it. And then, uh, yeah, maybe, you know, Monday or Tuesday we'll figure out. Um, which day to do it, but that, that'll work for me as well. Yeah. Um, Cause we love the screeners, but we also enjoy watching the, this show with our wives too. Don't we? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Cause but yeah, I mean, 
it was it was kind of interesting because my wife hadn't hasn't what hadn't seen the wire hadn't so she was this is kind of in that like early on the lingo of the first episode and the little mumbling and like i had to pause and explain to her because she was a little confused like she did i mean and she's originally from the czech republic so she'd understand the flagpole thing with the <laughs> like she goes what flagpole i'm like okay honey it's just like bend over don't screw them okay <laughs> but, but anyway i had to translate the lingo and i go well i guess you know watching the wire and watching a bunch of shows i kind of know what's happening i know what their slang is so it was interesting to have to but once this episode got going she actually loved the second episode more um it was more her speed so yeah we we enjoy watching it together so um yeah i love you know the show's right up our alley axel and i love it and it's 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 again uh it i have a feeling maybe like a yellowstone it'll get more popular i mean now, do we know real quick before we leave? Do we know is this limited or is this potential for ongoing seasons? What have you heard? I mean, for what I understand, this is uh, this is a new series on Paramount Plus. There's no there's no limited attached to it, and okay, I think good, just like good. anything with streaming, limited only means if it's good, we'll keep on doing it. You know, right? right. Um, <laughs> I don't. So far, like I said, I have not heard a lot of buzz around the show. I mean, I'm trying to get the word out that we're doing the podcast and trying to tweet at some of the actors and actresses and Hugh Dillon, people involved, like maybe they'll read like, hey, we're liking the show, too. We want to be part of spreading the word on it and telling people to watch right. it. Um, but like you said, you know what? It might take a little while. There's so much out there now. And, you know, there's a lot of great new shows, a new show, Yellow Jackets, which came out on Showtime, which is really, you should check that out, Solo. It's, like, really awesome. Um, There's a a lot of good shows, so sometimes things get lost. And some people, you know, Paramount Plus, CBS All Access, people have got, they're trying to make their their name. It's it's working out better. The one advantage I do have, and I wanted to say, we might maybe we'll get some more people watching because they have been brought to Paramount Plus to watch the new season of Star Trek Discovery, which obviously right. has a big name. And then they'll see Mayor of Kingstown and they'll give it a shot. I hope that, that well, also um, they they showed the premiere on Paramount Network <clears throat> after Yellowstone. Oh, OK. So cool. The so like I noticed that I was like, oh, they're showing it on regular TV. OK. Good. Like I a sneak preview. That. Okay. So I'm glad they did Good. that um, because, you know, you may get some of the Yellowstone viewers, you know, no. again, it, is it like, oh, do I have to get another stream? You know, or maybe some people have Paramount Plus already. So because the one thing Paramount Plus, <clears throat> like my parents have it, it's because they're into the CBS shows, which is for an older demographic. I just don't know if this show is like for our parents <laughs> per se. Yeah, um, I don't. I think maybe it's, cool I th- parents. It's not really that demographic. No, I think we're. I guess the it's demo. the eight, eighteen to forty nine or yeah, whatever. Or 50, I think we now. Are I guess the, eighteen yeah. to fifty five would be more appropriate, or I don't know, fifty nine. Who knows? I don't know, man. I think you know it's hard to say with those demographics. People, it shows can hit so many, but I think you're right. I think yeah. it's <clears> a little more complicated too, you know. And then just being on a streaming service. I don't know. You know, some people are like, if it's true, I don't know what streaming is. Just put it on a channel. But hopefully. Well, I could see I could see people maybe not watching like the first run, 
But then when they hear a little bit about it, Definitely. all the episodes are there, maybe yep. binging it, yep. um, that could happen. And, and maybe that's what they're expecting. I mean, we're in the early stages of it, but we, we're behind the show and uh, we love it. And so we're here from the start, baby. Yes. And, you know, like we're we we have become very used to referencing shows and talking to the audience listening as if they just watched it or it's five years later and they just found the podcast so that's the same thing with the like you know the same thing with the show that's the world we live in now you never know but like you said we're behind it we're loving it we appreciate everyone listening we appreciate everyone downloading we got a couple reviews Give us a written review. We appreciate it. So I can shout you out uh, on Apple or Spotify or whatever. Subscribe. Head over to DVRpodcast at gmail.com. Also, you can head over to patreon.com slash DVR and help support the pod. Also, you can look forward to Heat's movie coming out in less than a year. Yeah, baby. Let's mention it on every episode. Yeah, baby, Star City Murders, baby. Star City. We're in post-production right now. <clears throat> and uh 2022 release. You know, we'll uh we'll 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 have some uh hopefully when the, the first official trailer comes out, we can send links to where you can see that and all that. But yeah, and it's right up your alley, guys. True crime, gritty, mine hunter, mayor of Kingstown, mayor of Easttown, mayor of Las Vegas, all these <laughs> kind of shows. So uh, right up the rim. You're the mayor and, of Burbank, uh, baby. Mayor of Burbank, baby. Uh, All right. So that's it. Cool. Let's get out of here. And remember, Axel, leave the gangster shit to the gangsters. I will, baby. Feed that. <laughs> Feed that bit, baby. Peace. Peace.